0: As uh, back in our church, and it's so great to have. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Does anyone know that dessert that I think it's like trifle, but it's like you throw everything into it. Um, what's it called with like little bits of um, meringue as well in it? It's eaten mess the most delicious of desserts. It's sickly sweet and delightful, I think. I feel like today's message is just going to be that. There's so much here, there and everywhere. Um, so hang in there. Hopefully by the end there'll be a sweet taste in your mouth. Um, but or not, yeah, It could. anything could happen, Jace. Anything could happen. Uh, yes, we're back in Life Church, which is lovely to be um, in, back in this community, we, Jenna and I, um, have spent spent some time. So, for those of you that don't know, which is quite a lot of people, we were here, and three or four years ago, both of us individually uh, kind of went our own ways, and then um, and like left this community. And then we lost Jen's mum, Suze, who was an absolute integral part of this community here, um, which brought not only us both back to this church, but together as well strangely within a few months we were married and <laughs> the rest is history. Um, we've we spent about a year over at Encounter Church we really just felt like the Lord led us there and that was a really special time um, just serving in that space kind of just loving Glen and Aston and the whole community there and whatnot and it's We're excited that the Father has led us back here. And I know that there's quite a lot of people that have a similar story of sort of movement and then the Father's brought people back or has sustained people. And um, I just acknowledge that it's been a crazy season for everybody around the world. And so there's something significant for us today. It's the day of Pentecost. That should be like a come on. That's one of our most exciting celebrations. It's the day of Pentecost where we remember 50 days, is that right? After 40, my apologies. No, it's 50. It's 50, isn't it? After the, oh mate, I should have done my research. It's 50, isn't it? Yeah. 50 days after the resurrection. Christian's looking it up. Good, good. This is what we want. We're a family, right? So... we. um, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus and we see this incredible thing happen that really marks the Christian faith. In John 14, 15, 16, Jesus is talking to his mates, the disciples, and he's telling them, he's saying, it's actually better that I go because there's one, there was one physical man of Jesus, right? He said, but when I go, I'm actually going to leave or impart to you my spirit. Does anyone ever wonder why Jesus was on the earth and he didn't just clap his hands and everything, the entire kingdom was restored, all sickness was gone? Has anyone ever thought that? No, just me? I've, I've thought, you know, here he is, the son of God on earth walking around. Why didn't he just go bang and the kingdom was restored? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, it's a question. Today, I need participation. If anyone knows me, I'm a teacher. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to stir up a bit of participation because if we don't learn something, that we don't take something today, what's the point? <laughs> so, Christian, 50 days. That's humility right there, Christian. I honour you. <laughs> it was 50 days after the resurrection. So, Jesus desired that his spirit actually live and dwell in humanity. Ryan spoke so beautifully last week about the changing of the tide, that we are now in this season of the new covenant that Jesus made with his own, we just sung about it, with his own body, with his blood, with his blood. And it's this season where no longer are we just trying to love our Lord, the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and love our neighbours as ourself. The trying is gone now. It was completely fulfilled in Jesus. And now he said, I give you a new command that is to love. Thanks for the overwhelming response. A new command I have given you and that is to love. But under the law, the highest level of the law was love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbour as ourselves. And we failed miserably. We failed. We've just got to sit in that for a moment. We actually failed. The law that came from heaven through Moses written down, the highest standard under that law, we failed at it. One of the greatest moments of release in my life was when I confessed to God that I can't love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my strength, and I can't love my neighbour as myself. And I just gave up. <laughs> I stopped trying. And breakthrough came in my life. Because under the law, that was the most incredible goal. Isn't it amazing? Like, isn't it incredible that even the law, which a lot of people go, it was do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, strict and whatever. the highest standard under the law was love. That to me just blows me away, so the law in itself was amazing, but it but it was restricting, and it wasn't how we were designed, and my voice just squeaked <laughs> you can laugh, oh, I will <laughs> puberty again oh, oh. oh well. round two, um, hopefully less pimples, but anyway <laughs> That's I say that because. And just found one on my arm and popped it. So anyway, there you go. That's <laughs> too much information. Sorry, sorry. Look, if you can't talk about... Anyway, let's just, let's just move on. <laughs> so under the new and living way through Jesus, now he has first shown us love, and now we can love others. But wasn't it impossible back here at the law? Yeah, it was. So what happened? What happened in that middle section there where the old finished and the new came? Jesus literally declared on the cross, it is finished. He did, declared an end to the striving and the struggles of the, of the old way that was good, but, but was impossible. And then... As he said to his disciples in John 14, 15, 16, if you read through there, it's like, I'm going to leave you with someone. He's talking about himself, but his spirit. I'm going to leave you with him. And you're going to be able to become love. We don't just try and be love, uh, do love now. We don't just try and love our neighbour. We actually have love living within us through the Holy Spirit. We are becoming love. We That's... Ryan spoke again last week. I need to put my PowerPoint up because otherwise I could be here for three weeks. <laughs> How do I? Ryan spoke about that. We'll come back to that. Come back to that. Don't read it yet. It's spoilers. 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 This is what I want. Romans 5, 5. I had this feeling that what I was going to share today was just going to go out the window when I got up here anyway. So we want to be led by the Spirit, right? That's, Yeah. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. I felt like as we worshipped, the Lord zoned that in on my heart today. We celebrate this day of Pentecost because it's the day where, where not only did our striving cease at the cross, but then this empowerment came through the spirit of god i love that the kids are in the room right now there's no junior holy spirit if my words can't reach a 4 year old then what's the point of sharing hey the spirit of god joel 2 acts 2 i will pour out my spirit on all people i th- i thought it was just churchgoers no all people i just thought it was If we could go through categories. No, all people, all who received him, John 1 verse 11, those who believe in him have the right to become a son or daughter of God. There's an invitation to all. Let's not restrict it to a certain age or a certain income level or a certain this, that or the other, how intelligent we are, how much Bible school we've done. No, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Sons and daughters, young and old, women, men, slaves, free. This capacity to love only can occur through the Holy Spirit coming into our hearts. So I think it would be unfitting of us today on this day of Pentecost to not start. That's just the warm up. I haven't started speaking, sorry. Um, Jokes. To not start without just resting and waiting a moment and inviting the Spirit of God to come and move. I spoke I was talking to my mum last night, um, just a little bit about what I was sharing today, and she was like, Oh, don't you just desire that you know, you read about those times where people would gather and and the Holy Spirit would come and move in a such a powerful way, you know, and we read about it on the day of Pentecost that he the Spirit of God, he came as fire. You know, and there was stirring in the rooms. And I don't know about you, I, I have heard crazy stories of things happening like stuff going on and it's not that we seek an experience but man I want to be close with God I want to know his presence I want to taste him smell him touching him, be with him does anyone else share that desire with me more than, I want God to not just be stuck in my head knowledge I want him to to flow out of my life so can we just just rest for a moment and just wait and just see what God wants to do I don't even know how to lead this. This is not what I planned or prepared, which is great. Jesus, you are king and we honor you. You are Lord and we honor you. Spirit of God, would you just come? We just just rest right now. It says in Acts 2 that they waited. They waited. I just want to confess before family that often I have not waited. Often I've just wanted quickly our microwave generation get me straight away, touch from God, move on. In Acts 2 when it describes that first outpouring of the wind of God, that they waited. How much do we want him? How much do we want our lives to be consumed by him? So we spoke, Ryan spoke last week on, on this reality that God is love. And I just want to ease into this because I believe the Father, what he has for us today is going to just hold this moment right now that look, even looking around the room, I'm just seeing people just engaging with the Holy Spirit beautifully. Don't stress if you don't know what that means. It's fine. Kind of Christian language in a sense that, I want to put some meaning behind today as we just look at the love of the Father, the love of God. It's what sets Christianity apart from every other religion. Is that God so loved us that He gave of Himself? What king do you know? What God do you know actually ran after the people? under their their leadership, to love them. It's an upside-down kingdom. The kingdom of God is upside down. It's no longer do this, do that, but it's receive this, step in, know me, be one with me. God is love. Ryan read last week 1 John 4, and it kept popping up all week for me, so I know that the Father's on this. God is love. These are some of the key verses in that that just explicitly declare that God is love. So if you have any doubt, okay, we just go and we read this section. It's very clear. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. I just want to jump back for a moment to verse 9 and 10. An interesting point here, I think, is that we can say, yes, he sent him to die, but actually he sent Jesus to live as an example for us. He's the example, not the exception, we often go, oh well, Jesus, well that was Jesus. Jesus was perfect. Jesus was the Son of God. He came, and then he imparted to us, and he said, "Go and do likewise." Greater things will you do? Simple old you, simple old Shepertonian Marupnan Marupnan, us, normal, right? He actually gave us something, and it was an incredible example of how to live. He's not the exception. He's the example. How do we get there? Do we just work hard to become more like Jesus? No. That's what they were trying to do. Let's work hard to get to God. Does that work? When Ryan spoke a few weeks ago and mentioned the vision of this place, a lot, a lot of that just I loved. I absolutely loved. There's an, it's, we're in a new season Things are changing, things are new. there's an uh, excitement. The first point and if you got the email, um, you would have got all this. If not, Ryan will ask Ryan, you can send it out. But the first point is a vibrant, alive church worshiping freely from its revelation of a grounded identity in Jesus and of knowing the Father. A vision without the steps to get there is just fluff. It's just froth and bubbles, hey. How do we become a grounded people who know our identity in Jesus and we know the Father? Most a lot a lot of us maybe have known God for a long time. But can we ever stop going deeper with Him? It's like me saying, Jenna and I are married. Yeah, I don't really want to get to know her anymore. Like we're married now, that's enough, isn't it? You know? That'd be silly. We laugh at that. So why is it that we're actually content with head knowledge about God. <laughs> I don't want head knowledge. I want to walk down the street and accidentally be healing the sick. <laughs> I want my life to look like Jesus everywhere I go, not just Sunday mornings when we're all polite and we pretend that life's okay. We've got to get over that, hey. His power is so much more potent and so much more exciting for our lives. So how do we walk in it? Look, Ryan really unpacked some beautiful elements last week. And and part of what I want to do today is just highlight a few areas that are not or that block us from receiving the love of God. Why is this important? As Dan Moller, one of my favourite teachers of all time, puts it, receiving is believing. What we are willing to receive shows what we actually believe. Don't worry about the little bit not praying. That was in the context. I don't know why I left it in. But he was talking about just giving a prayer for salvation and that's it. Now you believe. No, what you receive in your life shows or demonstrates or is the evidence of what you actually are believing. So if I am willing to receive love from Jenna, then it shows that I actually believe she loves me as a wife. If if Jenna came home and gave me a, a beautiful gift. And I was like, oh, cool, thanks. Like, it, <laughs> Apart from being offensive to Jen, it would show that something is wrong with me, that I actually don't believe something, that there's something in the way of what, if I, receiving demonstrates what we believe. So today, the outcome of today, for my lesson plan that I should put on my whiteboard, sorry, I don't have a whiteboard, I normally do, Right, is that, how we want to receive the love of God. It's the transforming factor in our life. What we receive demonstrates what we believe. So let's practice receiving and our belief will grow. Ryan uh, talked about this thing of belong, believe, become. We've had a Christian community that has been very concerned with behavior modification for a long time. And we get it all wrong. We go from the outside in. We try and make people clean first and then they can come into the presence of God. We have this warped idea that God just can't cope with sinners or something. like. That's who he's been dealing with the whole way. (laughs) Literally, he came for the lost. So if we get our belief right first, guess what it turns into? Right thinking equals right living, right actions. Might take fifty years. Might take five minutes. (laughs) But let's believe, right, and let God do that. Do the rest in us. If you're seeing, if there's an area in your life right now that you're like, it's just a stumbling block, and I can't get over it, and we get frustrated at God for not taking that desire away from us, or we get annoyed at you know circumstances not changing around us. I want to suggest, take a step back. Jesus, what am I not believing? What am I not believing about you, about your love for me? And you could even go another step back and say, okay, I'm going to start by receiving your love. That's how we replace it. Wrong belief, right? Go back a step and say, right, I'm going to stop with trying to work out what I'm believing that's right or wrong, and I'm just going to rest in Jesus. I'm going to believe that you love me, and I'm going to receive that love. That's our starting point. It's our starting point. anyone else just sense that? I just felt the Holy Spirit just beautifully then. It's our starting point. So I asked Ryan last night if uh, I could be offensive today. He said, sure, just don't swear. So I reckon that's okay. I reckon I can handle that. I I need to bring up a few things. I felt the Holy Spirit just like immediately when after Ryan spoke last week, because he had the same topic roughly. We had the same topic. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah, good. Um, and if you haven't listened, please go. It was phenomenal. It was beautiful, and it was just Ryan's heart poured out in a message. God is love. So sometimes to 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 understand what is, and if you've had difficulty in receiving God's love, not here, like here, not here. We can know that God's love. We can say, God loves us. But if you've had difficulty receiving it here, maybe, just maybe, it's because of one of these little blockages that we need to unpack for the next five minutes. And this might provoke you. You might disagree with me. That's okay. I want to be provocative in that sense. I know my jeans are tight, but anyway, <laughs> I was very aware of that. I didn't mean that. Sorry for any inappropriate thing there, but I'm really uncomfortable. Um <laughs> I put on weight after COVID. I'm just today it's everything's out in the open. Anyone else? COVID has got me. Anyway, I know I've gone red, but bear with me. Online viewers, please don't leave like <laughs> We're family, aren't we? Am I red, Jace? Have I gone red? Okay. Sorry about that. It was just <laughs> just a bit inappropriate. Okay, so. I wanna live like God loves me. <laughs> oh man. There's a few areas that are common stumbling blocks. Whew, I'm just going to take a breath. There's a few areas that are common stumbling blocks. One of the most confusing factors for the world who see have seen Christianity, seen a history of Christianity. We've got churches on every corner, massive steeples, massive output, hospitals in God's name, great exploits in God's name. One of the most confusing factors for people is that this, this understanding of whether God is actually good or not. Why is there still calamity in the world? Why is there still bad things happening? Isn't he just up there with a big stick? Isn't he cruel? Let's just make this a bit personal. For those of you who um, who knew Sue's, Jen's mum, she was a phenomenal woman of faith. Just yesterday, we were going through a box of stuff at Holly's house, Um, that was Suze's, and I found some notes that she had from a message she must have shared here one day. And it was talking about her belief around healing. She had uh, some chronic illness um, that in the end uh, she lost, lost her life to. And yet there's these notes of Suze Baker saying, never receive sickness as your own don't say it 's my headache don't even don't even give that headache that light of day. you have a headache, but it is not yours. The next line down was like, if you have symptoms of something that's it's okay, but you are healed by the blood of Jesus and by the, by his stripes you are healed. Like whoa, this woman of faith. I think the next line down was then. Or it was along the lines of sickness, we know where it comes from. It comes from, it's not God doing it, but he can use everything to learn and to, you know, he'll bring everything to his good. That was literally her page. And now I'm reading it two and a half years after we've lost this precious woman, for those of you who knew her. And for me, as someone who... I love seeing God heal. It's one of my most favourite things. It says in the scripture, Jesus went around doing good and healing all. So therefore, we get the privilege of doing the same. I love it. But then we had this most incredible meeting in this room where there was faith in the room. Then the next day, we lost Suze. And, mate, it's knocked me for Six. And I just want to sit in it because I know a lot of people have had grief in different ways over the years. And what we tend to do is just justify stuff like that. We're saying, yeah, well, God allowed it. Or God, we use this language that kind of softens the blow that actually we're a bit ticked off with God. Is that okay to say? And we actually need to sit in that space of grief and say, Jesus, where are you? Come right now in my place of grief because I don't understand. Think about it. How can we receive the love of God if we actually believe he's cruel, he allows or he's, he's the instigator of evil things happening? Is that okay to go there with this? There's other examples too that I want to, but I I actually want to bring this up because I believe that there's healing needed in this community of believers, specifically around our precious Suze. It was not God's will that she passed away. If you have doubt, read John 10.10. It's a simple, important scripture the thief comes to steal kill and destroy sus was stolen from us she was taken before her time right but jesus said i have come that they may have life and life abundantly so we need to know we're in an incredible battle where the enemy is stealing killing and destroying the most, like from the most innocent people, I've heard people say to me, well, why does God allow horrible things to happen against children? How, Mate, it is not God that is the one doing it. The perpetrator is the devil. And in that same scripture that I quote, uh, said before, John 14, 15, 16, that area, it actually talks about the fact that he's actually being judged. He's actually being judged and tried and found guilty it's not like god's like oh i wonder who is making this stuff happen it's clearly the enemy and one of the things that we might need to do is repent actually ask god to forgive us for the way that we've thought because when we have believed that god is the one responsible for the horrible things in our life that right there is a massive roadblock to receiving his love. We can sing about it till the cows come home, but until we repent and say, I've actually believed that you're cruel or you're angry at me, you're angry at us, that you're causing evil to happen. He does not subcontract evil to do his work. God is far more powerful that, than that. Can I say that again? God Almighty does not subcontract, he doesn't employ sin and sickness and evil and darkness to do his will. Does evil happen in the world? Absolutely. Does God always get his own way? I want to suggest that that's how powerful God is, that he's able to let humanity Make some stupid decisions, and he will always, always, always bring a radical plan out of it if we surrender to him. If we surrender to him, how much more is the church as the light of the world needed in the world right now? When evil things are happening around and we're blinded by blame and all this stuff, actually, we need a good king, King Jesus, to come and reign and rule on our earth. Hey, let's start with him reigning and ruling in our lives. So that that might be an area. If you're finding that there's a blockage in your life of being able to receive the love of God, I, I want to challenge you to go into that space and say, um, God, am I, am I actually blaming you for something, for loss? I can't say that it's easy. With, with regards to my journey and just how I felt about Sue's, it's been confusion, confusion as much as anything. Like we prayed and we believed. And, and I just feel like the nod of God that's like, yep. Yep, and I'm with you in it. Don't look for a lesson necessarily. That's not the point. God's not just trying to teach us lessons all the time. He wants to be with us and love us. When Taya, my little daughter, hurts herself, Jenna or myself love to grab her and hold her and comfort her. We didn't cause that horrible thing to happen. That would be abuse. We didn't let it happen. We do our best to limit the pain that she goes through. Yep, we'll teach her in time that the fireplace is hot or the don't pull the kettle on you or whatever. But we'll teach that in loving ways, not in cruel and horrible ways where we're just going to be like, well, we'll let her get burnt and then she'll know that it's hot. Like that is abusive. That's not God. What might be even more devastating in this view of God causing evil is that it ultimately compromises our ability to discern the difference between God's discipline and an actual demonic assault. And that is a weakness that we cannot afford to carry around any longer. People constantly embrace a hellish situation in their lives because of the thought that God intended it for good. That way of thinking infects the God-given ability to discern the works of the devil and it replaces it with a human reasoning that is demonic in nature. Compromises our ability to discern the difference between God's discipline and an actual demonic assault. If we are believing that God is not good, that he's cruel... It's actually going to compromise our ability to be light out in the world. So I really urge you to begin a conversation. If you have noticed in your life, the last few years especially or whatever, there's been blockage, difficulty, struggle, trial, whatever. It's embracing the love of God is going to help us. There's a few other points. I'd, I'd love to bring up a few other little things, but I'm aware of time. But one of the classics is... Sometimes we get this idea that God's cruel because he sent his son to die and that that in itself is abusive. Why would a father send a son to do his dirty work? If you want to turn in your Bibles to the scripture that says the father turned his face away, oh, hang on, it's not in there. There's been this horrible misconception that when Jesus said on the cross, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? that he was meaning, why have you left me? He was quoting Psalm 22. And if you go and read the rest of Psalm 22, it is a guarantee of the the presence of God with Jesus. And in fact, 2 Corinthians 5.19 says this, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. When Jesus was on the cross, the fullness of God, Father, Son, and Spirit laid down... His life for us. In full. In full. Not just sending his son off to do his dirty work. Nah. Nah. It's not how it's not how relationship works. It's not how intimacy works. His love is so intense for us that the fullness of God in Christ Jesus, laid down his life so that we would know him while we were yet distant as well, while we were still sinners. So this scripture that I started with is, is where I want to finish up today. Receiving the love of God, that before, sorry as well, I didn't mention Bill Johnson from his book titled God is Good. For us to live full up with the love of God in our life, right? It is, it's not a once off experience. It's not a come to the altar, pray a prayer, and then you're right. It's a little bit like our cars. We're all feeling the pain in our hip pocket at the moment, right? But you've got to go and fill up your car with fuel regularly. You drive it, you benefit from that fuel. And then you, you fill up. Wayne Jacobson, who's written an amazing book called He Loves Me, uh, says this, Our only choice is whether or not to live loved, trusting that his eye is on us and that he can work out in us everything he desires. That is the challenge of life in God's kingdom. He has done everything to demonstrate his irrefutable love but he won't make us live there. We can still live less loved, pursuing our own agenda with our own resources and in the process, not only destroying ourselves, but hurting others as well. The choice is yours and it can't be made once for a lifetime. This choice is made every day in every circumstance in in which you find yourself. Do you trust that he loves you? or will you fall back on your own wisdom and desires? In 2009, I travelled over. I was a very overconfident 22-year-old who thought I'd lived a really good life for Jesus. Um, Ticked a lot of boxes, jumped through a lot of hoops. And I was travelling around the world and stumbled upon Bethel Church. I knew about it, um, so I'd locked in to go to a conference there and then ended up staying a few weeks. Um, And I left there really offended by one thing. I was offended at how much everyone I met believed that God loved them. It was offensive to me. People actually saying like they believed God loved them. People actually... Do you want to jump up, Riser? People actually talked to me as if God loved them, and they lived full from that place of God's love. And, yep, they were seeing incredible, incredible, beautiful things happening in that community. And I narrowed it down, and as an arrogant 22-year-old who thought he was spot on, it started this journey for me that about five years later... Um, God revealed to me his love to me. It actually literally wasn't till I was about 26 or 27 that the love of God broke through in my life in a way that I realized it was not me striving to love God or to be loved by God, but it was me resting in it. And the picture I actually want to show you what this what this looked like. Can I have you? I was away I was doing a course with YWAM and and really struggling to to receive the love of God. and then the most profound little it just it broke me. It was the father just revealing his love to me. There was a little three-year-old boy in our team, and he was feeling sick on this particular day, and his dad was just sitting there, and this boy, I'm not going to be able to do it, but on the father's chest. Just laid out asleep with his head on the dad's chest. And God, like it literally, I had to leave the room. I was wrecked. It's what I realized for so long, I'd been striving. I'd held God to account. I'd abused God in my own way because I'd been angry at him i'd cursed him for allowing evil in my life all these things i'd never actually just been like that boy and laid my head on my dad's chest and did nothing he could do nothing the boy had been vomiting all night the dad had been cleaning up the vom like how how incredible is the example of parenthood that god has given us for us to understand His love for us. God didn't have to reveal himself as a father and as a son, but he did. And he's invited us to be wriggly, squirmy children. He's invited us to be children that can do nothing for him, but that he desires to have close to him. We are loved. We are loved. I want to suggest this, that none of us in the room have the full quotient quotient of revelation of his love for us. That there's more, and then there's more, and then there's more, and then there's more. Would you dare believe with me? Would you dare dream? What does it look like for me to live loved upon loved upon loved? Oh, John, that'll be arrogant. I don't want to look... No, you cannot. You fill up on his love and you fill up again and it produces good fruit. In our life produces good fruit. Every revival that we read about came on the back of men or women who knew God. If you read about it, you'll hear, oh, they were there was prayer. Prayer always backed revival. Prayer always backed. What is prayer? Prayer is like whispering your intimate love to God, your desires, your it's about intimacy and connection. If we cannot receive God's love here now, in our lives, the hope that we're going to be able to pour His love out on the streets, in our communities, it, it's not going to happen. It's going to be hard work, uphill battle. But if we receive His love, He actually has commissioned us to freely give it. So, can I invite you to stand with me? I know I've spoken for ages, but... Sorry. (laughs) I find that there's such an insecurity in in the church at the moment at large we don't quite know whether we're in or whether we're out we're, we're nervous about being out in the community and I love looking around this room I know so many people here uh, out and about their workplaces their sporting clubs whatever just filled with normal people who don't yet know Jesus they're the environments the Father wants us to be secure sons and daughters with the Holy Spirit pouring out God's love through the Holy Spirit, we've received his love in our lives. So on this Pentecost Sunday, we remember Holy Spirit coming freely for us. Father God, we want to receive your love in a new way. I just invite you in the room, if, if there's areas where you have held God to account, You've blamed him for X, Y, and Z. You've, you don't understand. Invite God into your confusion. Invite God into your frustration. Be open and honest. There's actually a revelation of his love he desires for us today. If you do not know Jesus yet, I want to invite you to respond. Because it's as simple as saying, I want to know you, Jesus. Come and do your work in me. He opens our eyes, he opens our eyes to where we need to turn from our ways where we need to say sorry. But his love, it's his love. It's his love and it's his kindness that draws us to repentance. It's his love in expression. It's his love. It's his love. Someone in the room who is annoyed at God because they've prayed for healing in a certain area for a long time and it hasn't happened and you've let that become a roadblock to receiving his love. I just want to invite you to respond to Jesus right now in your heart. Let let that roadblock go. Talk to him about it. is another key hey if we can't love our brother or sister how can we receive the love of God 1 John 4 says that if there's areas of unforgiveness that you know as I say that word someone pops up in your mind it's a conversation to be had with Jesus right now just as we're standing in your mind just be like Jesus I can't forgive this person he'll be like great thanks for admitting it let's work on this together that's how the Holy Spirit works in our hearts You don't have to try and forgive that person. Stop it. Stop it. Stop trying. Start receiving. Because in Christ who is within you, you are one with him. He has already forgiven that person. So spend your attention on receiving the love of Jesus and remembering that you're one with him. And let that unforgiveness go. you to come and do a work today. We're done with spectating. We're done with playing church. We're done with ticking boxes. Unless you transform us by your spirit within us, we've got nothing and it's all worthless. I don't want to be a clanging gong. I don't want to live apart from love. going to sing this chorus even if the words aren't up there he loves me he loves us oh how he loves us just we're going to finish the service we're probably over time i know but if you were just basking this just for a little longer and just declare over yourself he loves me oh how he loves me oh in your life. Respond. Come up the front. Let's pray with you. Let's agree with you. If you need healing for anything, grab someone around you to pray with you or come up the front. We'll pray. Wander out. Christian, I'm doing this. I know you were going to do it, but wander out. Grab a coffee for someone else. Grab a bickie or whatever's out there, some extravagant cake from beautiful Sandy. Share it with someone. Grab someone else. Make sure you're connecting. As we receive his love, we can so freely give his love. And live loved this week, family. Live loved this week. He loves us. He loves us. Say with me, thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. He loves us. Have a beautiful week.